Hit record again. Oof. Not sure what happened. All good. That college football is for nothing. All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, how are you? I'm fantastic, man. Wild weekend of college football, though, huh? <laughs> Wild weekend. Gotta love, gotta love technical difficulties and audio <laughs> issues. That's all I gotta say here. Um, but we're here. Football's back. Uh, first thing we're gonna do. This is. There's tons of stuff on this pod here. First thing we're gonna do. During our division breakdowns, we were kind of more likely to pick the team we were talking about. So sometimes you get a little fluctuated with how many wins you're giving a team. The grand total of total wins we can have is 287. We had to make some adjustments. I had to make 15 adjustments. How many do you have to make? So just a little correction here. The total that wins that you have to get to is 272. You had 287. Oh, okay. Which is- because you were 15 over. But for those of you, just a quick math breakdown. If you add up every team's win-loss, there's only there's going to be 272 wins handed out and 272 losses across the board. So you got to get there. Um, what was your question? Basically, so how many were you off? I was off 15. How many were you off? I was six over. But, uh, oh, you, that's, yeah. That's good. I was actually a lot closer than I thought. And you were 15 over. But just like we kind of talked a little bit off air, not giving each other too much away here, but um, there were some teams I felt like I wanted to add wins to as well. So it ended up being a lot that I wanted to fluctuate to kind of get it right. But um, I'd say there's just as many teams that I did not touch that I did. So it's not like I just went through and erased everything that I predicted. Yeah, I only had to take away 15 wins, but I made 20 total corrections. Uh, and some teams I made multitude of corrections to. Like, uh, spoiler alert, there's a team on here I took four wins away from. Four wins is a lot. Uh, there were teams that I gave two wins to. There were teams I took one away, gave one. I mean, I, I was I was diligent. I made some 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 smart choices here. But I, I wanted to shout out my buddy Jordan McGuire, uh, JMag, listener of the pod. But uh, he texted me after listening to our last one, AFC North, and he's like, bro, you sold me on the Steelers. So he comes back to me and he said, I added two wins to him. That's what he said. Well, I was like, count up all your wins and see if you're at 272. He was at 274. And it was after he added the two from the Steelers. He took them back off. So he actually, like when he just did it on his own, like it just happened to be. And he's more of a harsh critic than we are a lot of times. So it makes sense his was going to be lower. But yeah, he was right on the 272 before I, I had him switch with our last pod. But that's crazy, man. 272 right on the dot. So I didn't ask you this. Do you have all your corrections written down or you just have your new records? I have my old and new for every team. Okay. I also, if you only have your new, I have your old in front of me. I have both. Okay, cool. We both have both. So you want to start in the AFC or the NFC? Um, On my paper, instead of doing all AFC or NFC, the way mine's set up is to do the Norths, then the East, then the Souths, then the West. Would you rather do it that way? Tell you what. You lead the way, and I'll just answer. All right, we'll start with the AFC North. Um, and as we go through these teams, guys, um, we're going to do our record predictions, and then when we hit a team that we have one of our awards for, we'll shout that out and then recap them at the end as well. Um, the AFC North, I to start out, I have no changes. Um, no changes to mine. It was our last podcast that we did, so I felt like it made sense that I'd have the least to change. Um We'll start with the Steelers. I still have them at 12 and 5. 
And for um, our leaders and awards, I have TJ Watt leading the league in sacks and winning defensive player of the year. He's just that guy. He's done it once before, so it's not that crazy. But I'll keep TJ Watt as my sack leader in DPOY. What do you got? I also have zero changes to the AFC North. Uh, finished with Bengals at 12 and 5, Ravens 11 and 6, Steelers 10 and 7, and Browns 6 and 11. I did not give. The only awards I have for this division, passing yard leader, I gave to Joe Burrow. So that's yeah. it for me. Go, going through the AFC North, I have Steelers 12 and 5, Ravens 10 and 7. I think they'll be good. Um, Browns middle of the road, Bengals middle of the road, 9 and 8, 8 and 9. Um, the Burrow, um, which we talked about in the AFC North, the calf, calf scares me, and they sold their soul on defense. I think that'll be a bad move. But um, they stay healthy the whole year. They that's that's my biggest shot in, in the whole in the whole league. I think is saying that the Bengals are going to miss the playoffs. That's pretty crazy considering they have a top three quarterback in the league. Um, do you have any other awards and leaders in the in the division? I, I have I have one more, and that's uh, if the Browns are going to get to one, nine and eight or better. Uh, Nick Chubb is going to lead the league in rushing, and I think he will. Um, I think they're held back by Deshaun. I still think they're the Browns at the end of the day. Tough division, tough conference. But give me Nick Chubb to lead the league in rushing. I'll let you start on the NFC North. The NFC North, I have some changes. Uh, So now I have currently the Vikings still winning the division. Nothing changes there. I did give them an additional win. I have them at 11-6. and Okay. Uh, the runner-up, I have the Lions, who I gave an additional win. I have them at ten and seven. The Bears, I have at nine and eight, unchanged. Packers, I have at six and eleven, unchanged. I think my biggest like question mark going into the season is probably this division. It's the one that I think I could be most right and most wrong. Uh, I do believe there are four contenders here. I do believe that. Um, but I think I'm more right than wrong on the Packers, which is why I have them at, at fourth place. Yeah, this will be an, a, a division here where, I mean, it's only separated by four wins from top to bottom. Uh, we will not see that in some divisions. We may see as far as 10 or 11 wins spread out throughout a division. But uh, I am going to stay with the Lions at the top. Um, they're 11 and 6. Um, I believe in this Packers roster, and I like what I see and heard it from Jordan Love. I can't wait to see him under under center this year. I like the Packers. Bears at 8-9, and nine, we both agree they're big, massively improved. And if you're not a believer on Justin Fields, I get the skepticism. But if he takes a leap this year, watch out for this team. And I think the biggest fall of any team from last year to next year is the Vikings. I think their defense is bad. I don't think they're going to replace Dalvin Cook with this Madison guy. Fantasy-wise, they will be very, very fantastic with Hawkinson, Addison, Jefferson passing the ball. But I just think they can only win one way. Um, It wasn't but two years ago where they lost a bunch of one-possession games. Last year, they won those. I think they go back to losing those. Any awards or leaders here? For the NFC North, I have the sack leader. Maybe do you know who it may be now that I told you it's the division? You got Rashawn Gary? Aiden Hutchinson. Another Wolverine. Okay. <laughs> Aiden came on real tough last year. I think that he now that he has a year under his belt, 
kind of understands this league. I think he's in for a really big year. And I think he could really establish himself as one of the elite pass rushers and nothing. This isn't a shot. The other guys, but some of those guys, you know, they're getting older. It's harder to stay healthy in this NFL. He's still young. Year two might be big for him. I could see 17 sacks being enough to get it. Yeah. Also with what this lions offense did last year and plan to do this year, they could be in the lead for a lot of games and that's hunting time there in the second half. So what do you finish with eight and a half last year? I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. But he got a lot in the second half. You're right. He really turned it on. Yeah. Well, I got nothing from this division. Okay. A whole lot of fun, but I ain't got nothing nothing crazy over there. Um, notice we both passed on Jeff, Justin Jefferson. So you had Jamar Chase, mind yet to be said. Yeah. I had Jamar Chase for what? Oh, you had Joe Burrow for passing leader, not Jamar Chase for receiving leader. My fault. Yeah. Yep. That's not a shot at Justin. I think Justin oh. could be in for a big year. I just have somebody else. Yeah, same. Um, we're going to start with the AFC East here. Moving on. Um, we are going to – let me pull this back up on my phone. AFC East. This is funny. This is our third division. This is the third straight division that I have no changes uh, in, in any of my in, – in uh, my record here. So we're going to start with the Bills leading the, the, the uh, division at 11-6. and six. Dolphins and Jets both tied at 10-7. and seven. Patriots at 8-9. I think this is a tough division. Uh, I think I'm giving the Patriots more credit than most. I hear a lot of people walking around with this 4-6 to six stuff coming out. I just think that's ridiculous. Bills are, the, are a well-oiled machine with no health issues at quarterback. Dolphins and Jets, just a little bit of uncertainty. New coach. Interesting O-line, Tua, can he stay healthy? But both teams can do, do really well. And I have two awards for this uh, division here. Um, I like Tyreek Hill to lead the league in, pat, in, in uh, receiving yards. Um, he can just hit the home run ball, screens, deep ball, waddles there. Um, I just like what Tyreek Hill can do. And um, there might be some other options for comeback player of the year, but only one of them died and came back to life. So DeMar Hamlin is going to be my winner for comeback player of the year. I mean, I really don't know how you beat that. He, he doesn't even have to post great numbers. He might have already won it, actually. So I'll pass the AFC back to uh, back to you, Jeff. Uh, I made two adjustments in this division. Uh, I have the Bills and Dolphins both at 11 and 6, and I'm keeping them there. I'm giving a nudge to the Dolphins to win this division. I'm removing a win away from the Patriots, making them 10 and 7. And the Jets, I'm adding a win to make them 9-8. and eight. They're going to get over 500. All four division teams will be over 500 in the AFC East. As far as awards go, I have the Offensive Player of the Year as Tyree Kill because I have him leading the league in reception yards as well. Okay. Um, I also have DeMar Hamlin as a Comeback Player of the Year because, to be honest, I don't think he has to do much to win it this year, like you just said. And my dark horse MVP this year, a fully healthy two, I think, could potentially win the MVP slash Tyreek Hill if his if Tyreek's numbers are just way better than what two is are, or if maybe they're 35 to 40 percent of the numbers Tua puts up. I could see Tyreek being an MVP as, as a wide receiver, but I do have as a dark horse at Tua there. Yeah, so we're both in on Tyreek Hill this year, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay, we'll move on to the NFC East. And although I had no changes in the last three divisions, all four teams have received an adjustment on my end in this division. 
Uh, we'll start with the Eagles. I have them at 14 and three, but I changed it to 13 and four. I took one win off. Um, it's hard to go 14 and three with the number one ranked schedule. I'll take one win back. Um, then what felt like I was going a little overboard with 14 wins. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, 12 and five. I reduced them to 10 and seven. Um, I think the NFC, although it's not super crazy in terms of great teams, Cowboys are one of them. I think they'll win more than they lose, but I'm just very uncertain about Dak, Tony Pollard's knee. Um, but they do have a defense. But uh, again, Dak just worries me a little bit. Um, 10 and seven, still good enough for the playoffs. The Giants, 6-11, and 11, I gave them a win to 7-10. and 10. This was part of the reason why I kind of wanted to take one off of the Giants or the Cowboys, or the Eagles or the Cowboys. I think the Giants are a good football team, but their, their schedule just seems like they're going to be worse off at quarterback, I think, than a lot of teams that they play with Daniel Jones. But I still like them at 7-10. and 10. They were still a playoff team last year. And the Washington Commanders, 4-13, and 13, I give them two wins to six and eleven. Um, I think their defensive front's good. Uh, don't love their coach, but I think Sam Howell is going to give them the best quarterback they've pl- play they've had in the past three or four years. I- I'm kind of jumping in on Sam Howell. Um, it does suck that Terry McLaurin got the toe injury. Um, maybe I would have changed this some more if I didn't already have it all all the way locked in. But um, I just like the Washington uh, football team. Giants, Cowboys, Eagles. I just like this division crunched towards each other a little bit. This division's usually always really close and really balanced. So I just didn't like how far away I had the wins from first and last crunch the division down. And that's where I have the NFC East. And I have two awards. Um, I think this year Jalen Hurts wins the MVP, rushing and receiving. I think he puts up numbers and the Eagles will have the best record in the NFL as the way I have it. Also, I think Nick Sirianni will win coach of the year because I think they will have the best record in the NFL after he lost both his offensive and defensive coordinator. Uh, I think Nick Sirianni just, uh, if the Eagles make it to a Super Bowl and then he returns with the best record in football, that's where I have the Eagles. I'm in on them again this year. Yeah. A few adjustments in this division for me. Um, it's it's crazy because you said you took away the Eagles. They had you had them at fourteen wins. You said that was just too much. The exact same concept for me with the Cowboys. I had the Cowboys at fourteen wins, just a hair too much in this league. It's it's so hard to win fourteen games right now, as you'll see with all my records. I have a lot of teams that are very good. Um, I took a win away from the Cowboys, moving them to thirteen and four. I took a win away from the Eagles, moving them down to twelve and five. I left the Giants alone at 7-10. and 10. I think that's probably right where they're at. I might be off by a game, plus or minus. In Washington, I gave them four wins. And honestly, I considered taking away more, but I only took away one. Uh, I have them as a three-win team. I don't have any faith in Sam Howell. Their defense is beat up. It doesn't even seem like Chase Young is going to be out there a lot of the times. And now Terry's hurt. They don't really have a running game to really speak of. It's, it's committee. It's, there's not much there. I don't believe in this team. I think it's an outdated coaching system. I don't believe in the offensive coordinator. I think this is a bad football team that'll be in on Caleb Williams rather than out. To be honest, three wins may be high. As far as awards go for this division, the defensive player of the year. Do you have a guess? You're going to have Micah Parsons? It is Micah Parsons. It's about time. His time is here. Uh, It feels right. 
as far as other awards, rushing leader. Coming off a, a knee injury, watch out for my man Tony Pollard, where this is just his job. Obviously, he's not Adrian Peterson freak athlete. I didn't really have a go-to, so this is kind of even a dark horse pick, too, kind of mixed in. But I felt like throwing Tony Pollard's name out. I, I'm, I feel good about this running game with him. Yeah, I just, I've totally been out on Tony Pollard. All the fantasy experts, all the Cowboys fans, a lot of people I know are all in. Um, I don't know. I just, we just disagree there. I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we are done with half the league here going into our final eight division. Half the league. All right. We're going to go AFC West. Um, no changes here for me. I like the Chargers up top at 12 and 5. The Chiefs right behind them at 11 and 6. I'm not just going to bail all the way out on the Chiefs, but I just don't think they win this division again. Um, I will point out and like to every time we bring up these two teams, they play week 18. It's going to be a phenomenal game. I think it will matter. I had them both 11 and 5 in my predictions going into the game. Uh, Broncos at nine and eight, they improve, but just over 500 and we'll see if they keep Russ. If this is the final record, we'll see what Sean Payton wants to do. And the Raiders five and 12. Now even Chandler Jones is starting to have contract issues. So the defense is still really weak. Um, quarterback is sketchy because of health. Jimmy's okay, but they do have weapons. They got Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Devonte Adams, but they lose Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. Anytime a guy leads the league in rushing, they kind of regress a little bit. Um, but that's where I have the division. Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. And I have two awards in this division, both of the same guy. Um, I think Justin Herbert will lead the league in passing yards. And I think he'll win Offensive Player of the Year. I think this is a year that maybe it's not a skill position guy that wins Offensive Player of the Year. It'll just be straight up two quarterbacks. Although Herbert leads the league in passing, I still think they're going to go with Jalen Hurts for best record if my standings is the way it shakes out. And Justin Herbert is a little bit too too dominant in the statistical category the last few years to say he's a dark horse for MVP. I mean, he's clearly one of the, the top guys. So I'm going to go with him as Offensive Player of the Year as well. Uh, I made an adjustment to every single one of these teams. They're minor, but every one I made an adjustment to. Uh, let's start from the bottom in this division. I took a win away from the Raiders. They were 7-10. and 10. I got them at 6-11. and 11. I took away a win against the Broncos. I am at eight and nine currently, and I just, I don't even know if that's too high. I watched them play in the preseason. I know it's preseason. I I don't like what I see. Judy's now hurt. I don't know. This team could either really shock me and win 12 games or float around five to seven wins, and I wouldn't be shocked either way. I think this is a very dark horse team. Uh, I got them at eight and nine. I think it's fair. Uh, next up, the Chiefs. I had them at nine and eight. If you remember in that pod, I basically told you I couldn't find a ton of wins, but I told you they would win 10. I actually gave them plus two here. I got them up to 11. They're 11 and six, but it's not enough to win the division. I have them losing the division to the Chargers 11 and six as well. I took a win away from them. I had them at 12. So both teams are at 11 tied up, but Chargers win that division. Take yeah, as far as the awards go, I don't have any for this division. None. 
Yeah, so. that's that is what it is. Uh, uh, just to the Broncos too. It's like everyone's like, well, they can hang their hat on their defense, but they lost Bradley Chubb and their defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. So it's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's a lot there. Yeah. Um, we'll move to the NFC West. Um, I think the NFC West is one of, if not the most top two, bottom two in the entire league. I just think there's two really good teams here and two really bad teams. Uh, we'll start with the 49ers. I had them at 13-4. and four. I then thought maybe I'm giving too much love to Brock Purdy against, you know, with a great roster coming off injury. We'll, I still think they're going to be great. I got them at 11-6, and six, though. I took two wins away. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, I had at 9-8, and eight, bumped them up to 10-7. and seven. This team's too good not to win double-digit games. And this is one team that I moved up in wins that I maybe could have moved up even more. I think the Seahawks are capable of 11 or 12 wins. Um, the Rams, I had them at 6-11, and 11, and then I thought, how on earth could I give them that many wins? They're down to 4-13, and 13, and I'm halfway thinking about making it 3-14 and 14 and handing that win to the Seahawks. Um, they're so bad. I think their quarterback is one hit away from a serious back injury. Cooper Cup is now out, going to see a specialist on his hamstring. Their defense is just, I mean, the Rams are bad. Cardinals, I have it 2-15, and 15 because how could a bad team be third in the division? But the uh, Cardinals happen to be in that division. Um, Kyler Murray doesn't look like he's even going to play this year, possibly. Defense is awful. They lose D-hop. Their old line's not great. And then that video surfaced of their coach giving that speech to the team. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, it's hard not to turn the TV off while that thing's going. This team is a mess. They want to get rid of Kyler. They want a new court. They have two picks, possibly both in the top five next year, uh, top ten. Uh, so, I mean, the Cardinals, they're the only team I have under four wins. But I may move the Rams. We'll see. Uh, but this, you know what? This is the final predictions podcast. Live change. Rams to three and fourteen. Seahawks up to eleven and seven. They're still going to come in second in the division to the 49ers. I have no awards. I'll pass it over to you. Uh, I ch- I changed NFC West. I changed one, two, three of these teams. Um, let's start from the bottom again. Cardinals. I had them at one win. That's where I'm leaving them. I thought about taking it away. I decided to give it. <laughs> I decided to leave it there. They win week one. I'm, I, don't, I don't know what to do. There it is. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. I do think there's a chance that Kyler plays late in the year and there's something there and they can win a game. I, I They're possible to win a game. Uh, but that's about it. The Rams. The Rams, if you listen to any of these division breakdowns and you happen to listen to the NFC West, it was one of my favorite breakdowns, but it's one that when I left the breakdown, I immediately said, I made some mistakes. And one of them was believing way too much that this Rams team would actually stay healthy and actually compete. Uh, and as soon as this season has gotten closer, just more and more things have led me to believe that this team's going to be bad. I had them at eight wins, eight and nine. They are my biggest mover, plus or minus. I took away four wins. That may not be enough. I do believe that Aaron Donald could be traded at the deadline. There's that for a prediction. 
I don't know that Stafford's going to stay healthy, and I don't even know what Cooper Cup is at this point. Rams, 4-13, and 13, could be lower. The Seahawks, weirdly enough, of every team we broke down, I gave the Seahawks 11-6 and six record, and I honestly thought to myself, I left meat on the bone. I gave them one additional win. The only concern I have on this team is quarterback play. It's the only thing. That's it. Everything else, I think, is there, set, ready to go. They have so much talent. They have the perfect Madden team. Uh, it'll be interesting what they do. I think 12-5 and five isn't exactly their ceiling, but I have them there at, at number two. And then one of the biggest movers as well, I took away two wins, but that didn't matter because they're still 13-4. and four. I just thought 15 wins for the Niners was too many. It's just too many. Uh, not that I don't think they're going to be great because 13 and 4 is great, but just 15 was too many. I took two away. So it's still the Niners on top of the NFC West. As far as awards go for this division, I do not have any. But with that said, um, Offensive Rookie of the Year wouldn't, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a Seahawk, there's multiple that could win it. Which but I would award offensive. Yeah. I was so. thinking we might have the same offensive, but we're going to keep moving along here. AFC South. So we move right along into the South, which a lot of people think are the worst divisions on both the AFC and NFC side. Yeah. Um, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 11 and six. I moved them to 10 and 7. I took one win away because I think this defense just isn't good enough, but I think the offense is beyond capable. Uh, the Titans, I had at 10 and 7. I still like the Titans more than most, but I had to take two off of that, 8 and 9. I don't know if this team's going to be 500. We'll see. Jury's out on the Titans. Love Vrabel. Um, the Colts are 2 and 15. Again, I said earlier that I wasn't going to have many teams under four wins. I had the Cardinals. I just moved the Rams. I moved the Colts from two and 15 to four and 13 on the sheer principle that how many teams can really lose less than four games. And I think the Colts in this division with maybe some, maybe they strike lightning with Anthony Richardson. I'm just not sure. I don't love this, but I did move them up to four and 13. That's still not a good football team. And the Texans, I left alone at 6-11. and 11. Um, For my awards for this division, I have Trevor Lawrence as my dark horse MVP. Maybe dark horse is a bit extreme because he's got a big name, but I think a lot of people wouldn't even rank him in the top five quarterbacks in his own conference, even though he is pretty good. But if this team's defense sticks together and Trevor Lawrence throws for, which is possible, over 40 touchdowns this year, and keeps his interception. I just think there's a there's a there is a path for the Jags to be the division leader, potentially the number one seed, and for Trevor Lawrence to have over 4,500 yards, 40 touchdowns, and under 12 picks. I just think that's a it, it's a, it's a there is a path for it, and um, I think Trevor Lawrence, dark horse MVP. And then I didn't want to overthink this. I just thought. What is the most loud way to get yourself a defensive rookie of the year? And it's usually sacks. Will Anderson Jr. is one of the cleanest prospects coming out of Bama. He's been good the last three or four years that he's played. 
and he's on the Texans, which has a sneaky good defense. I'm going to take Will Anderson Jr. for Defensive Player of the Year here, and I'm kind of trying to say just don't outthink the room. That makes sense. I think he is the favorite on FanDuel, but I will toss the AFC South over to you. Yeah, uh, you have way more optimism for the Colts than I do. I think they are flat out bad. I knew I would. Uh, I don't see this working out. I didn't adjust their record. And if you were listening to the AFC South, the very first division we did, I gave them one win. And it, I'm sorry, after Taylor's not going to play the first four and we don't know when he's going to play, I think it's more credible than ever. <laughs> I also did not adjust the te- the Texans. I think I have them perfect, 5-12. and 12. I think that's right where they need to kind of be. I did adjust the Titans and the Jags. While the Rams, I took away four. I took away three from the Titans. This, I had them as a 10-win team, and that was just flatly too many. Um, Potentially injuries coming down the line for Derrick Henry at this point in his career. Ryan Tannehill's been regressing for years. It's a good football team, but the AFC is so good. It's just too good to have mediocre quarterback play and too many question marks on offense basically winning 10 games. It wasn't enough for me. I had to regress them. I have them at seven and 10. I also took away a win from the Jags. I had them at 12 and five to now 11 and six. Um, I think this is a great spot for them. They haven't really won this division in a couple of years. Well, obviously they won it last year, but that was kind of like a comfort behind. This is going to be kind of leading the whole way. They're going to have more of a target on their back. Uh, I do have the Jags at 11 and six. As far as the awards go for this division, I have Doug Peterson winning coach of the year. Dougie. Yeah, I think that is, uh, that's definitely in line for him. And I realized through all this that there were two different awards I never even spoke on. You want to go back and get them or are they in the next division? They're not. So real quick, as far as defensive rookie of the year, uh, this comes out of the AFC East, kind of homerish, but I've seen him play in the preseason, and I think there's a spot here. It might be a steal. Keon White, defensive end, as you alluded to. Sacks is what gets you rookie of the year, and I could see him getting 8 to 10 in his rookie year. I think that there's a potential there. It, when he was rushing the passer, he was very good in the MVP. Out of the AFC North, Lamar Jackson wins his second. In what is finally turned loose in an offense, adding the pieces around him. He still has those legs, puts together a full season, being paid, and tells everybody I was worth every dollar, wins the MVP. We can go on to our last division here. NFC South is the last division. Um, it's going to start for me with the Saints. I had them at 11-6, and six, and I thought, should I add more? Should I take some away? I just stayed put. Uh, I like them at 11 and 6. I don't think that's too much. I don't think that's too low. Although everybody fantasy drafts may be over. I know all mine are. I got the Saints in all four of my leagues on defense. I tried to recommend to other people under the table, maybe you should do that. Um, They just don't play enough high-quality quarterbacks to not win at least nine games. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons, I took two wins away purely on who their starting quarterback is. I took them from 11 and 6 to 9 and 8. I think Ritter will hold them back. And I'm crossing my fingers for a team I like to root for in the Falcons to get a quarterback I like to root for in Kirk Cousins after this year. I think there's a real chance Kirk leaves the Vikings. I think you'd be a home run hit in the Falcons, dome team, those weapons, run it. Um, the Buccaneers, I had an 8-9. and nine. 
And I'll be honest, I love them at eight and nine. I think that's where they should be. But every single person I talk to tells me I'm crazy. And normally I stick with my guns, but I'm talking every Bucks fan I talk to, every Baker Mayfield fan I talk to, anyone who I think would help me root for the Bucks has crushed my dreams. I'm knocking them down to six and 11. Maybe they just aren't that good and maybe I like them too much. I just think with Mike Evans, Godwin, everybody likes this uh, new running back, White. I think their front seven can still get it done. I'm hesitant, but I moved them to 6-11. and 11, And I thought, where should I put those wins? Again, the principle that not many teams are going to win under four games. I had the Panthers at 2-15, and 15, and just as much as I say it's hard to win 15 games, it's hard to lose 15 games as well in the NFL. So I have them at 4-13. and 13. Um, I ended up with two teams under four wins. I believe that's the Rams and Cardinals in the same division, believe it or not. But um, Panthers at 4-13, and 13, although I'm not super – Super high on Bryce. Actually, I'm not even high on Bryce Young or their coach or their team. And Brian Burns isn't showing up right now to practice. I'm just going to put him at 4-13. and 13. I think that's where most bad teams' floor should be. It's the awful teams that should be under that. And that's where the Rams and Cardinals are for me. In terms of awards, it's got to be my boy from Texas, man. Bijan Robinson, he's him. Uh, four fantasy leagues, four B. John Robinson jersey on the way. Number seven for the Falcons. I was able to watch him every game the last two years for Texas, and he was an NFL player the last two years. Believe it or not, he's only 21. He's going to do some fun, fun things on the NFL in the NFL this year. I can't wait to watch B. John Robinson. Uh, every single team got an adjustment, and I made eight total win adjustments. There's a lot here. Sure. Uh, we'll start from the bottom. Now we're sorry. Panthers, three and fourteen. <laughs> I gave them two plus wins, so I have them moving up to five wins now. Uh, kind of the same thought process you did. It's crazy how we're always kind of in sync on this. I just think that right away, probably not going to be great. Mid season, I think this is going to be a team that can win some games. Um, I, I think there's an off offensive firepower, enough veteran leadership. That's not going to let this team just get bullied around five wins seems right where they need to be. The next team on this list was the Buccaneers. I had them at nine and eight. It's just too many. I think they're going to be sellers at the deadline as well. I have them taking two wins away, give making them seven and they're not seven and eight. That would be seven and 10. Okay, sorry, I had that written down wrong. So they're now 7-10. and 10. The Falcons are the number one team outside of the Rams. The Rams were the number one team, but the Falcons were the second team where I'm like, I just overdid it. I just overdid it. You Just like the Rams, you can't win that many games and be injured. And the Titans, you can't win that many games and be average at quarterback. The Falcons, I gave 10 wins, and I just said to myself, they're well below average at quarterback, and that's not going to get it done. At their peak, I think where they will win games is Taylor Heineke, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts being involved, Drake London taking a step forward. I think that's where they kind of – and Johnny Smith maybe contributes. If that's the case, took two wins away, I have them at eight and nine. I think I like eight more than I liked ten. Ten just seemed way too high, and I could probably take one more away. I didn't. 
And if I were to take one away, it, I would just give it to this next team. I took two away from the Saints. I had them at 13 and four. Even after doing their schedule, realizing they're probably better than a lot of teams, I still don't love their coach. And this is the NFL. 13 and four was too many for them. I just have them at 11 and six. As far as my offensive rookie of the year, shouldn't be any any craziness here. Uh, I think it's B. John Robinson. The only way I think it's not B. John Robinson this year is if it is, same division, Bryce Young is just way better than we think. I know you're not high on him. I'm not high on him. But if he throws for 3,500 yards and, I don't know, 28 touchdowns and only 12 picks. I think he's the rookie of the year. So uh, I got, I think I got everything here. MVP, offensive, defensive. Yep. Did you have a comeback player of the year? I did. Hamlin. I said it too. Oh, you, you agreed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're a betting man, I just don't understand the idea of not betting for DeMar Hamlin. Like that's, that's one of the easiest bets out there. Uh, yeah, I just come on. So with that said, let's let's take a look at the AFC playoff pictures. Uh, Brad, we'll start with you. So we got coming at the one seed, the Steelers at twelve and five, Chargers at twelve and five, Bills the three seed at eleven and six, Jags the four seed at ten and seven, and now you're at large. You have the five seed, the Kansas City Chiefs, eleven and six. The sixth seed, the Ravens at 10 and 7. The seventh seed, the Dolphins at 10 and 7, just nudging out the Jets, who were 10 and 7. Yeah, and the most shocking thing you'll say is, Brad, there's 16 teams in the AFC, and you just named eight. And the Bengals weren't one of them, but you have the Steelers at 12 and 5. How can I take this podcast seriously? Don't. It's fine with me. You still listen. Steelers are going to be the first seed, baby. Read it and weep. There it is. Which is funny because when you look at my AFC playoff picture, I have the Bengals at 12 and 5, winning, winning the AFC. They're the number one seed. I have the Jags coming in at two. They're 11 and 6. And you're going to notice a trend here. So just be yeah. prepared. The Dolphins coming in at the three seed at 11 and 6. The Chargers taking the AFC West at 11 and 6. I have the Ravens taking the five seed at 11 and 6. I have the Bills coming at the sixth seed at 11 and six. And I have the Kansas City Chiefs rounding out the seventh seed at 11 and six. I did not do that intentionally. It worked out that way. And to be honest, I don't think it's nuts. The, the thing is, is if KC and the Jags have one, it could literally be a, a 12 and five. And then the rest of all 11. So I think they will be a ton of 11, six teams in this AFC. <laughs> In just NFL, the last two weeks of who gets in over who. It's just oh. a trigonometry board, dude. <laughs> Let's just say. Four points. They'll scoop over and these guys slide on. Let's just say the NFL is praying to God that I, these are, are the standings in the last two weeks of the year because their ratings would be through the roof. It'll be good to know his two that barely missed, Patriots and Steelers. Um, Ten and seven. Yeah, they're both 10 and 7. He didn't keep the 11 and 6. You know, we know not. he's going to miss. And we would just be two fans with 12 rings not having teams in the playoffs. So that's a little unfortunate. But, uh, you know, who cares? So, Go ahead and take over the NFC side. 
The NFC side, so this is the other half of the NFL. One half is AFC, one half is NFC. So here we go. That's how that works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the first round by going to the Eagles at 13 and 4, 49ers 11 and 6, Saints 11 and 6, Lions 11 and 6. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of 11 and 6s. Then, after a live change on the pod, the Seahawks have the five seed at 11 and 6 as well. Drop down to the Cowboys at the six seed, 10 and 7, and the Packers at the seven seed with 10 and 7. Falcons just missing out at 9 and 8. This Packers love, Jeff doesn't understand it. Maybe you don't, but you're going to learn to love love here this season. I think it's more possible that the Steelers win the Super Bowl than the Packers make the playoffs. Well, duh. It's the Steelers. Okay. It's the Steelers. I don't think you win the Super Bowl. I don't think you're even close to the Super Bowl. Oh, dude. All right. I'm right, sorry. I'm keeping receipts. That's fine. That's fine. You keep your receipts. I have you at 10 and 7. No, no, that's fine. Keep them there. So then in the NFC, we have Jeff. We have the one seed with the Cowboys. NFC East still still on top there. Um, just underneath at the two seed, we can have... I, can the, I say something real quick? Just yeah, because I didn't, I didn't say this on the pod back then. I've been thinking about this. I challenge some Cowboy fans, you know, because obviously you probably follow them a lot deeper than I do. There are, they are a team that's obviously heavily scrutinized. I think this is the best Cowboys team of my life. That's my opinion. And when I try to really think about it, I shouldn't say my life because I was born in 92 and the pack, they won Super Bowls in the 90s. I should say this. Since 2006, when I've been religiously watching football, this is the best Cowboys team I think that's ever been put together. And I think it'll result this year. Continue. All right. Which, it's not crazy. It's really not. I mean, when you have four playoff wins since 2000, you can't have a lot of good teams, right? That's fair. So... Um, the second seed is the 49ers, also at 13 and 4. I believe I have that right. Yep. Um, the three and four seed go to the Saints and Vikings at 11 and 6. We have absolute powerhouses in the wild card spot with the Eagles at 12 and 5 and the Seahawks at, at 12 and 5, which are the, um, I mean, both of the wild card spots there for the NFC are really dominant. The A- NFC West and the NFC East. Um, and then we have the Lions rounding out the playoffs at 10 and 7 there in the seventh seed. Um, I do not have your near miss. Was it two teams at 9 and 8? I don't to be have honest, I don't even know who the near miss Either would way, be. Either way, they're not in the playoffs. So the near miss, who even who even really cares? It w- I would imagine that near miss would be the Bears at 9 and 8. Yeah, I don't know if you had another team at 10 wins in the NFC. No, no. So I will say this about my NFC teams. I believe that I have the seven. The order may be off. We, who, we swap. Oh, sorry. Who wins the division may be off, but I believe I have the seven. And I know yeah. you have the Packers in there. Packers and, and Vikings I, is what we've switched in that division, which – you went out of your way on one one division to say this is the only one that you truly feel is up for grabs completely. That's and it. it happened to be the one that we have the only team that's, that's switched in there with the Vikings and the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, I just, for, for me personally, 
I mean, Bengals-Steelers is our only switch in the AFC, too. We have pretty similar sevens. Yeah. Again, I don't feel like I've, I haven't been able to persuade you yet, so I don't, I don't feel like I can I can close out this pod persuading you. But I just don't think you can sell me that the Packers improved anywhere. Like, I just don't see where they suddenly are gaining this what, win total. So where, where I think they've improved is they were, what, 9-8 and eight last year? No. Eight and nine? I believe they were eight and nine. Okay, so they were eight and nine. Yeah. And I believe that there was a – I believe it's all between the ears. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great year, so I don't believe they need elite quarterback play to stay the same. They need good to great, and they will be, they will be fine there. I just think as a camaraderie, it seems to me like Rodgers left and a couple guys went with them. Also, you look at their defensive numbers before Rashawn Gary got hurt and after Rashawn Gary got hurt, crazy change there. So with Rashawn Gary coming into the season healthy, the whole team going, we always talk about Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, and those guys in their offensive minds. Matt LaFleur, from what I've read, hasn't really had a chance to run his offense because it was Aaron Rodgers' offense. So I just think that there will be a better fluidity, a better scheme their defense is solid. Their schedule is going to be a little bit easier. They were a third-ranked team in their division instead of where they normally are last year. They played a number one-ranked schedule. So in scheduling, in philosophy, and just overall feel in the locker room. Now, if this starts to go bad, we let Aaron Rodgers go, and th- there could be a real crumble. But I do think that if it goes good, this could be a team that really unites under like an entire new mood in the entire building that could potentially do good things. And also my biggest drop of any team in wins last year, the Vikings won 13. I have them falling to seven and they're in their division. So those are the couple things that lead me to believe that the Packers aren't just going to fall off a cliff. I think they're going to win eight games, eight games minimum. So I think 10 is a good spot. I think 10 is a really good spot for them. Creeping into the playoffs is the seven seed. I don't think they're going to be dominant. They're going to be playing the 49ers in round one in San Francisco if mine comes true. So I don't think that's a – I mean, they usually play each other a lot, actually. It's funny how that works. I just – yeah. I think they're closer to Caleb Williams than they are the playoffs. I disagree. See, I guess – and that's another thing, too. you got to believe a little bit in love. If you're out on love, there is no persuading. If you think love just can't hang, then there's nothing you could say. But if you think love can be a good quarterback, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I did have them at what five wins or tw- six? Like, I don't think they're horrible. Yeah, uh, I have them at six, six and eleven. And that's a team that we're four wins apart. That doesn't happen on a lot of teams. We just we're no. a little bit different on the factors there. All right, we have a mailbag with several questions here. Cool. The, the listeners really showed out. Did, did you we, see the one on my page or just the one you posted on Real Talk? Both. Okay, you got them all. Okay, so I got multiple mailbag questions. We got Thursday night preview, and we have a special announcement if you're hanging with us. Cool, cool. Um, anything else you want to say? Oh, can't move on. Who is your Super Bowl matchup? We have the playoff set. Oh, I didn't even think about it. I'll take it, I'll take it away. I just think that this has come to a point. I, I kind of gave you a preview to this a second ago where this Cowboys team I think is really good. And... They finally have the wide receivers that I think are a perfect complement to Dak. The offensive line's good enough. Defense could be scary good. 
Uh, I like the Cowboys ready, representing the NFC. And I just like the Bengals to kind of get back to the Super Bowl. And I just don't see the Chiefs being the dominant team they were in the past. So they may not even have to go through Kansas City. And it seems like the Bengals against anybody else has been enough to get it done. I like the Bengals coming out of the AFC. Okay. I'm going to give the one that I think everyone wants to hear that doesn't seem like a biased fan, and then I'm going to give you a fun one. So the one I think is, um, you know, we want to talk about Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. And those are the three guys that are running the AFC, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks. Justin Herbert's been knocking on that door, and he's been pushed from the second to the third to the fourth. People keep knocking him down. Brandon Staley going to call in the defense, giving Kellen Moore the keys to this offense. Austin Eckler, Quinton Johnston, Gerald Everett, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, this offense. Their star-studded defense, if they can, if they can get it together, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, Kenneth uh, Murray, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. I think this Chargers team can really make a shot towards the Super Bowl, especially why the Chiefs in their own division are a little bit weak as far as we can see. And then from the NFC, I just think the Eagles make their way back. I think this – I know they lost their coordinators, but I think this roster's there. Uh, there is a stigma that, you know, when you lose the Super Bowl or even when you're in it, it's really hard to get back. But this NFC is weak enough that the Eagles are going to have great seeding. I think they're going to take take the NFC again, and we'll see the Chargers versus the Eagles. But uh, in my heart, I think a really, really fun one could be Steelers-Cowboys. A little old days rematch, a little throwback. I think Steelers-Cowboys would be really fun. Steelers have six Super Bowl wins. Cowboys are one of the teams knocking on the door with five, I do believe. Um, so I, I, I like this, you know, I want the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. Can you guys hear it in my voice? I just, I want the Steelers to be in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Question one, are you ready? Read it. Question one comes in from Matt Cole. Matt, we're going to miss your uh, your Sunday live predictions, your your underdog of the week. We'll, we'll still get it on a post. We just won't get uh, it I'm, live in that, yeah, that you, news factory of a live show. Yeah. So who has the biggest jump in production out of the second-year wide receivers? Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, Chris Olave, Drake London, or other? My, my answer is yes. <laughs> I think all these guys are in for jumps. I'll answer correctly here in a second. Who do you got? Um, so can you just name them slowly again? Garrett, Olave, Pickens. Drake, London, or other. Okay. So I'm going with, obviously, George Pickens. And here's why I picked that. One, I agree that all wide receivers will be a little bit better. But I think Drake, London, has the worst quarterback of the lot there. Just not even yeah. close. Yeah. And I think Olave and Wilson, even though they're going to improve, have already reached a certain stature from last season that they can build on it to get better, sure. George Pickens kind of came on later in the year with Kenny Pickett, only at 800 yards. So he has the most room to skyrocket. That's why I'm picking Pickens. The what I see from Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickens, their connection, their improvement, the, the, the way the whole offense is going to work. I think if Pickens goes from 800 to 1400 or 1300, 
But Garrett Wilson, you know, goes from what did he have last year? Like eleven hundred yards. Probably. Well, whatever those guys had, I think even if they jump, there's just such a big room to jump that if Wilson, Olave, and Pickens are all in about the same level after next year, Pickens will have grown the most over that time. So I think Pickens has the most room to grow, but I do think that Olave, Wilson, Pickens, they will all be, I mean, those guys going into year three. So 1,000%. I agree that the production, the largest production jump will probably be George Pickens. Just because, like you said, he ha- he didn't have the massive stats like some of these guys did last year. He has a second year with, with quarterback Kenny Pickett. There's probably the most growth there as far as yardage and production. But if we're talking about the biggest jump, I think Garrett Wilson becomes wide receiver. I mean, he's, he's going to be in discussion with Chase and Jefferson. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers elevates him year two elevates him. I have no reason to put this guy in this conversation. I hate the jets and I hate Ohio state, but when he was a Buckeye, I told you he was the best player on the field. And now that he's the jet, I think he's probably the best player on the team. I think he's a stud. I think he's a true wide receiver one in this league. And he has Devonte Adams upside with Aaron Rodgers. So I feel like that's gotta be my answer. I also disregarded uh, Drake London. Uh, and I'm still going to, but moving to the other guys, Chris Olave does great work with the deep ball, and he's got Derek Carnell, who is a great deep ball thrower, and Garrett Wilson has Aaron Rodgers, who not only is just Aaron Rodgers, but no matter who the number one target for Rodgers has been, he always feeds that guy the ball. Like Garrett Wilson's going to be getting so many check down looks, so many fades, so many bubble screens, so many everything. Aaron Rodgers has identified who Garrett Wilson is and is going to feed him as such. Look for Garrett Wilson to have 120-plus targets this season in the NFL. I don't think that's crazy. This question comes in from your dad. If Kenny takes a huge step, and with that defense pick Pittsburgh has, how far can Pittsburgh go this year? I'll let Super, you take this Super Bowl, away. Dad. I mean, what are we talking about? I've tried to sell the Steelers. Again, if Kenny makes that leap, if he plays – the quarterback play like he did against the the starters and the Bills in the preseason or how he played late last year. The defense is where it starts, obviously. T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, Alex Highsmith, Minka Fitzpatrick, Patrick Peterson. The amount of pieces we've added to defense is top three. That's done deal. Everybody knows that. But if Kenny Pickett really makes a huge leap, like one of those big jumps, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, I mean, I just – the sky is the limit for this team, and yes, Dad, we have a top five head coach in the NFL as well, and we have the kicker who's 11th all-time in field goal percentage. Yeah, this team can win a Super Bowl. So here's where I come back down to earth, I guess. Um, I have him at 10 wins, and I think that's I'm being fair. I think a wild card appearance, I think you'd, you'd have to be extremely happy with your season. Unfortunately... In no world do you have a top two quarterback in this division. In no world do you have the best team in this division. I just think that, that overall the Bengals and the Ravens are still the top two unless there's a catastrophic injury. And right now, you'd have to feel great about 10-7 a wild card. I think that's how far you can go. Now, if Kenny is just way better than I think he is. Like, if we're even remotely remotely talking about Kenny in the same breath as Burrow and Lamar. 
you could be the best team in this division. I just don't see that. I don't even think that's even a possibility this year. That would so that would shock the shit out of me. I'd be like, holy cow, Kenny Pickett is a dog. And I just don't think we're ready for that. I think 31 touchdowns and 14 picks is a great season for him. And that's not a great season for Joe Burrow. So 35 and 10. Next question comes in from Corey Wilson. And I think this is going to be a kind of a repetitive question, but it's fine. Do the Packers make a surprise visit to the wild card? Short answer. Brad has them as the seventh seed. I have them as a bottom feeding team. Six wins. Brad thinks they can. I don't. You want to elaborate? Uh, honestly, Corey, if you've made it this far to the mailbag, just, I mean, rewind it probably about 20, 25 minutes. We kind of went in on the Packers throughout the pod. So if you've made it this far, your question's already been answered before we got to the mailbag. But, yes, I think they are a wild card team in the NFC. Um, and I don't have them in on a tiebreaker either. I think they are the la- they are the seventh best team in the AFC, and they are double-digit wins. Matt Cole writes in a, a comedian question. He says, who are the Niners going to beat in the Super Bowl this year? The Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, the Jets, the Ravens, the Dolphins, Steelers. The, well, the 49ers may have two losses this year to the same team. Week Their first and last game, they might lose to the same team. That'll be heartbreak city. I can't right now. If the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl, um, again, I, I really – shame on me going back in. I, Chargers. I like the Chargers. They have an O-line, running back, quarterback, receivers, defense. Come on. Yeah, I think the Niners are really good, and if they do get to the Super Bowl, I have the Bengals coming out of the AFC. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, this question comes in from Dave Hazelton. All these Steeler questions, man. I'm getting sick of this. Can the Niners beat the Steelers without Nick Bosa? Yes, but they're not going to. But they can. Sure. I think it'll be good for the 49ers because they've really gotten into like this good rhythm. Like, oh, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo would have made that throw, he would in the Super Bowl. Or, oh, if Trey Lance had a shot, he'd be good. Or, oh, if... If our quarterbacks wouldn't have got hurt, we would have pummeled the Eagles last year. Like, and it'll just be a great job for them to keep regurgitating these excuses. Oh, Nick Bosa didn't play. You didn't want to hear that when TJ Watt wasn't out there. Okay. Every team has injuries, and this is your best player choosing to sit out. I don't want to hear no excuses about it. TJ Watt had contract issues last year. Guess what he did? Kicked the door down, said, Give me the paper. We're signing this thing. Our guy gets it done. I'm not worried about no Nick Bosa. Get out of here. But no, for real, they can beat the Steelers. I just I still don't think they will. But it definitely makes me feel better that he's not going to be there. Hopefully he doesn't play. I'd rather not face Nick Bosa if that's what you're asking. <laughs> so I think we're on to Thursday Night Football. Sure. Detroit Lions. The last year's heartthrobs of hard knocks. Coming into Kansas City, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Uh, looks like they're without Chris Jones right now. The word on the street is Travis Kelsey hypersetting knee, hyperextended knee. I mean, is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid off a bye, off a long season? They still going to take care of business. Where are you at on this game? Oh, um, I had the Lions money line. I bet it yesterday. Um, I bet the Lions money line. Um, I was shocked that the Lions were plus six and a half. Travis Kelsey's probably not going to play, and it moved to five and a half. 
I thought Travis Kelsey on this team would be worth more than a point. But um, this defense relies on a young, a young but fast secondary that gets pressure up the middle from their defensive player of the year candidate, Chris Jones. He won't be there. This defense, this defense without Chris Jones, that means the Lions have the better defense in this game, I think. Um, then when you move to the offensive side of the ball, both these teams can score. But how do the Chiefs score? It's Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and company. No Travis Kelsey. I mean, I really think this is a fun money line bet for the Lions. I have them winning. I think they're the better team. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid win this game. Maybe you you or anybody listening doesn't view the Lions how I do. But if the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes win this game... I have to completely reassess my entire opinion of maybe the Chiefs or Lions. You don't want to overreact to week one. Man, Matt Campbell having the boys buzzing. I think they go in there, and I I like the Lions to win. I'll give a score prediction on it. 31-21 Lions. I just... This feels like a. This feels like a, everyone's betting against this moment for the Chiefs when they shouldn't be. Like the Chiefs are going to use that. Sure. I, I I could literally see the Chiefs routing them. <laughs> I'm being serious. I know. Like thirty-eight the seven. They're the Chiefs. Like like bad. Like just whoop them. And all of a sudden, people. Lily, I think it is more likely that the storyline on Friday morning is why in the hell did we put the Lions on primetime than it is Lions upset Chiefs. That's where I'm at. I would almost put one guarantee on the game, and that's the Lions hitting at least 24 points. Interesting. I don't have a scenario where the Lions don't get the 24 points. They scored the third most points in the entire league last year. Their defense has improved, and they're playing a defense that I think is weak in the Chiefs. Yeah, without Chris Jones, it is. I agree. And no, no Travis Kelsey, I think, sure, in the grand scheme of things, touchdowns of the yards, third and sevens become a lot harder without Travis Kelsey. Third and fives don't even feel easy anymore without Travis Kelsey. So I just, I just think it's crazy, and this team is integrating a – partially a new O-line with losing Orlando Brown. so And you have Aiden Hutchinson and even their other guy, I forget his name, but he did really well off the edge. You add Jack Campbell, Brian Branch, Cam Sutton, EJ Mosley, uh, CGJ. They added five new pieces to a defense that I know they were so bad that they can only get better. But, man, the Lions' defense is much improved, especially in the secondary. They're versatile. Their O-line is like their biggest strength of the team. David Montgomery, new weapon, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ra. I just don't think the Chiefs have the personnel to keep up with this Lions team, although they're better coached and they obviously have Mahomes. Ah, I, I love the Lions here. I, like I said, I bet them yesterday. This this line's obviously moving with the Kelsey news. Um, I am all in on the Lions winning this game, and I don't see too many scenarios where I'm not where I'm not getting paid on Thursday. I really don't. I just don't see the Chiefs winning this game. Now it's at Arrowhead, real home field. They're dropping the banners. They're getting the, you know, all that stuff. I don't know, Dan Campbell. He's a motivator. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing else on it. I think, I think, I think, I think Casey whoops them. 
Whoops! Give me a give me a score prediction. Uh, no, no, but put a stamp on it. Think about it before you say it. I got 31. 31-17. Okay. Well, that's a almost a four point difference in my prediction. Just other way. Yeah. Thirty-one seventeen. I, I there's a chance. There's a chance that Kansas City's defense is so bad that it is a shootout. But I, I like I like Mahomes to do whatever he wants. He's gonna walk up and down the field. They've had all season to prepare. All season. They've had all season to prepare on a team they don't have tape on. Five new defensive starters. No, no, no. I don't know. This this defensive backfield, like they allowed so many passing yards. They got the number one corner from the 49ers, last year's number one corner from the Steelers, the number one safety from the Eagles, the top middle linebacker in the draft, and the top all-purpose Bama weapon safety nickel linebacker hybrid Brian Branch from Bama. I just you you don't have any tape on what this defense is. Aiden Hutchin, you talk about that second year leap. Come on. And he's going on a new right tackle. It's no longer Orlando Brown over there, Patty. You better be on your toes, boy. Up to something season. Holmes is nice, though. Up to something season. So, I feel like this is going to take a second. Yeah. Um, when I first started this podcast... Back in February of 2020, uh, a lot of you have heard the origin. Maybe you haven't for the first time. Maybe you're hearing it right now. It was initially supposed to be me and a buddy. His name was Jeff. And the idea behind the podcast was real talk with Jeff. But there's two of us, right? Unfortunately, my buddy Jeff couldn't commit to that. He was on. He guest starred on a pod or two. Uh, I love talking football with him. But the perfect person kind of fell into the lap, and it was Brad. And after a few episodes where things just felt right and this is how things were going to flow and this is how things were going to go. And I just really felt like I was catching a groove and, and I, we were catching a groove. And I just told Brad, like, is this are you cool with this being permanent? And that's when I dropped the the with Jeff to just make it real talk. And the one thing I told Brad then I said I'd be open to a name change if this ever. If it ever got to that point. Well, we're three three years in and 200 and almost 60 episodes in. And here, here we are at just like, we just think in order to grow what we're doing, a more unique name to Brad and I in our football knowledge, love, yada, yada, however you want to put it, we felt it was best to rebrand. And that doesn't mean that like, Real talk's necessary 100% going away. Uh, Dan and I are still going to do the Michigan edition. And to be honest, as I'm talk- talking to you here, I-, I would like to rebrand that side of things and kind of just move away from the real talk. If you were to look up real talk right now, you'd get 50 million searches. We wanted something more unique on our side. I want something more unique for me and Dan's side. And that's kind of where we came up with the idea for our name. And I know Brad kind of came up with it, pitched it to me. I'll let him kind of go with the rest. Yeah, yeah. We were just sitting here talking, and uh, everybody knows that we are we are a little biased towards our own teams. And we, 
even if we try not to be, we kind of wear it. You know, you see right now I'm wearing a bunch of Steelers gear. He's got his Patriots shirt on. Uh, people oftentimes see that on the YouTube page and click on it. Um, back when, but when we started, we, we made a Facebook group and uh, that's grown to 300 plus members over the past three years. Um, we've done some fun stuff with everything. The live shows have all popped off. Basically, we wanted to rebrand the name. And so what I thought is it had to involve, it had to involve not only us, but it had to somehow involve the Steelers and the Patriots without directly involving the Steelers and Patriots. So if you're listening to this podcast, you will hear it before you see it. Everyone else will see it later in the week. What we have decided to name the podcast is Two Fans, 12 Rings NFL Podcast. Those of you who listen all the time, daily, you'll notice we've dropped a few hints of that and maybe chuckled if you watch the video, just trying to peep the little, you know, having fun with it ourselves. But as you know, in the NFL, at the end of the day, only thing matters is winning. And no two teams have done more winning than ours. And where, however that makes you turn, spit, laugh, chuckle when you're listening to it, count them. I don't know what else to tell you. There are two teams with six rings, and we are the fans of those teams, and we talk mostly NFL. And uh, when I kind of was racking my brain at work and kind of thought of the name, tossed it to Jeff, we loved it. We are working with a third party. Shout out Jesse Crouch. You will get all the cred when we release it. But we have a logo that is 95% ready to go, and we will be dropping before our podcast next Tuesday. Also, one of the things is, you know, maybe you've experienced this. You click Real Talk or search it. If you haven't subscribed yet, it's, it's really hard to find. There's a lot of things that say Real Talk. But this will be really unique to us. We're excited to share the logo. We're excited of where this pod started, how it's grown, where it's at, and where it will go. We're very, very excited to move forward. Nothing much is really going to change in terms of what we talk about, how the pods release, where you can find our material to still be mostly on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor. But, um, man, we have been very excited to finally get a, a logo and everything. And when we do merch again, we'll be able to put that everywhere and we'll start to really maybe try and grow this thing bigger than we thought we could. I mean, 250-plus episodes, it's nothing to, nothing to bat an eye at. Yeah, you know, there for a minute when probably I would say 2020 to 2021, I think there was almost, unfortunately, probably zero growth with this podcast. And we we're just kind of doing the same numbers we were doing every week. And this year with the division breakdown, I think YouTube has gotten better. I've seen I've seen growth in this podcast and it just needs. To be frank, just a kick in the ass. And I think a new name does that. And I think a new vibe does that. So we're excited for that. Um, I've always been open to the idea as long as the name had value. And this one has 12 value, you know? Yeah, so exactly. there's and, a ton of it. And yeah, we, we've been private for three years on the Facebook group and trying to share out. But this new Facebook procedure we'll be doing will be going public on our page. And hopefully it'll be able to spread more and we'll get more looks. And uh you could easily call it two friends, 12 rings, because Jeff and I, we've been friends for a long time. He left Menards and we've kind of, we've always been able to talk every day of the week, whether it's about the podcast, on the podcast, or doing things outside of that. So it's been a tremendous experience. I can't wait to keep going. I just, we're going to be doing it under uh, under a new name and that's very exciting. Yeah, that's all we have for you today. I hope you like the, uh, the adjustments we made on both the AFC and NFC side. Uh, got a decent mailbag for today's podcast. Broke down the Thursday night football game. 
the next time you listen to us, we're no longer making predictions. We're making uh, uh, reactions, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> we're going to be reacting to football games. So very excited on that. I know Brad is too. Football is, you know, college football, we've had a taste. Some preseason football, we have a taste. But now it's actually here. The NFL, the greatest sporting event on planet Earth, football, NFL football is here. It's Thursday night. Um, I'm excited. I know Brad is as well. With that, anything else, sir? No, that's it, man. All right. We're out, guys. Two fans. 12 rings, baby.